When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin Sully, coming to you from my house in Austin, Texas, joined by Gordon Mack, who's chomping at the bit, ready to go on Thursday morning. Gordon, how are you? Doing good. April 16th, never felt better. Tax day was yesterday, and we survived, uh, even though we didn't have to pay our taxes for another three months. But uh, yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. You know? Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson? I, uh, I did know that. Yes. I love. I used to love Jackie Robinson Day because it was a day everyone wore the same number in baseball, mm. and I'd always make funny tweet jokes about number forty-two in baseball. I'd be like, "Man, number forty-two is giving up a lot of home runs," or like, "Man, mm-hmm. why?" You know, I'll just do all these number forty-two jokes. But uh, yeah, who would you say is the Jackie Robinson of track and field? If you had to say, I guess is it is it Jesse Owens? That's a tough question. You just jump in to who is the Jackie Robinson. I think we're glossing over the fact that, yes, I mean, we don't have baseball, but it also means we don't have your really, really dumb jokes on, on this day either. That's a fact. Like, yeah. we're, the internet is missing out on the 42 jokes. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I'll say I got, I'll double up for next year in 2021 Weesh. for my 42 <laughs> jokes. Uh, but, yeah, I guess is it Jesse Owens? Is he our uh, Jackie Robinson? I would. I mean, it's it's just different to compare individual sports to team sports in that sort of vein. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously Jesse Owens, Jesse Owens came much, much earlier than that, um, than than Jackie Robinson. So, yeah, it's a it's a bit of track history that uh, maybe not not that many people have dug into. Maybe we need to do that during this uh, extended period with no, with no track meets. I enjoyed yesterday the pod that you had with Lincoln, where you guys went into hypothetical Bowerman signees. You guys always come up with really good topics when I'm not there. I get jealous. I got to be honest. Well, we got a good co- topic today. So you get to be part of something cool. You get to be part of the Cool Kids Club today. So I invite you into the Cool Idea Club. Uh, but for those who you are listening, read the title, we're going to be talking about best historical uh, moments in track and field that we think need a Hollywood production movie, a biopic, just a mm-hmm. – you know, a nice, like, superstar, like, Oscar-worthy storytelling of this track and field story. And if you think about it, there hasn't been a lot of good track movies, right? Like, we just talked mm-hmm. about Jesse Owens. Have you seen the movie Race, the one about Jesse Owens? Yes. Did you see that? Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. It wasn't that good. I didn't I didn't enjoy it, right? Did you think it was that right. good? No. I was expecting more. Uh, and I just feel like a lot of running movies kind of never get to the moment of like, this is good, like Oscar worthy, like anyone who doesn't know anything about running would love this movie. I mean, we would think that, you know, Prefontaine and Without Limits would be that, but it's not. It doesn't stand the test of time as like that, you know, and pe- most people don't even like the movies in the first place. Uh, but oh, they're wrong. 
this, they're wrong. Let me yeah. let me clarify there. Prefontaine Without Limits, two totally different movies. Without Limits holds up. Go back and watch it. It's got an awesome cast. It's got Billy Crudup, Donald Sutherland, Hank from Breaking Bad, Monica Potter. I stand by it. I will die on this hill. That is a legitimately good movie. The acting okay. is good. The running, the running is good. And go read about what Billy Crudup had to do to get in shape for that movie. Those running scenes are realistic. It's uh, they shot stuff at Harefield. It's legitimately good. My number one gripe, and this is not, this isn't uh, unique to track movies, but sports movies in general, right? Is when the sports scenes aren't realistic. And in that yeah. movie, they nailed it. But in things like um, the Jesse Owens movie, or what about Unbroken about Louis Zamperini? Now, obviously, that wasn't yeah. just about. There's a whole story there. But some of those running scenes, they're kind of tough. Or uh, McFarland, right? Some McFarlane, of the running yeah. scenes there, they're like. Or what about what? Did you see the, the sub four minute movie that was like made for ESPN? Remember that? Yes, that came yes. out like ten yeah. years ago. Running wasn't like yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's shot really weird. So for this, we're not including documentaries, right? We're not we're no, not pitching no. documentaries to each other. Okay, so we're just pitching movies, uh, stories that could be turned into films. Is that the rules of the yeah, game Holly, here? Holly, Hollywood level films. Okay. You know, like okay. I'm talking about A-list stars playing the characters. This is coming out Christmas day and everyone mm. and their mom wants to, it's going up against a big Pixar movie and it takes it down <laughs> every year because everyone wants to see this track story. And it's a story that we all, you know, as like, for instance, you know, uh, uh, there's there's a c current sports story that I'm dying for it to be turned into a movie, you know? Like, I'm talking about the quality of, like, a Moneyball, right? You know, you know, remember mm -hmm. Moneyball with Brad Pitt? That's a good movie. Or the quality... Or even the quality of, like, Remember the Titans for children. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a great movie. I want that quality, but for a track and field story or running story. And there's a lot of potential... Um, storylines out there that Hollywood mm -hmm. just hasn't done. They're in quarantine. They have nothing else to do. They can just bust out their typewriter and knock out a script for like all these great ideas. And that's why they're doing. They're going to listen to this pod, and then we're going to take royalties and make millions of dollars on all these Oscar-worthy stories, right? So yes, yes, that's the plan. We're gonna. I'm gonna call my friends in Hollywood. We're gonna get this going right after, but. The two movies you brought up are two really good examples. Remember the Titans and Moneyball for a couple reasons. One, both team sports and track and field outside of cross country is an individual sport, which makes it tougher. Most of the famous sports movies that we know, with the exception of some boxing movies, are built around team sports, right? The, the second thing, right? Moneyball. It's about this quirky way of doing things. It's unconventional. It's not even about a team that wins a championship, right? It's about this this behind the scenes story, and it's as it's as much about math really as it is about baseball. And then remember the Titans. Obviously, there's a social significance of that story. So when I started thinking about track movie pitches, it was hard because a lot of like the big name, like you try to make a movie about Usain Bolt, like where's the conflict? Where's the tension in it? Yeah. Like I ran fast and then I ran faster. It's you have to look for the stories that aren't necessarily with the greatest athletes of all time, hands down, but the ones that have the drama or the conflict or the quirkiness to them. Yeah. Then that's what I was thinking too. I, I, you mean like as a track fan, you're like, Ooh, you should do a story about Centro or you should do a story about this person who won or this person who won. 
or Dave Waddle, who did a sit and kick in the uh, in the Olympic uh, Games. But I was realizing, like, yeah, the track fans might think that's interesting, but it needs a actual like drama plot line point, right? There needs to be controversy. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a failure. There needs to be a scandal. There needs to be something that draws yeah. people in where the sport doesn't draw them in. It's the the scandal. And like, for instance, yeah. remember the Titans, the scandal is segregation, you know, Moneyball. Mm-hmm. The scandal is an owner, a GM doing something out of the ordinary. Right. And so that's what mm-hmm. we need. And I thought of a, I, I thought of a bunch. So do you want to yeah. go first with your first uh, pitch? Pitch it to me. Yeah. So what's your I'm gonna elevator pitch, pitch? I'm going to pitch. Um, I have four and a half ideas and I'm going to start with most feasible to least feasible. So you're going to get my best idea first, which is tough because I'm no. not fully warmed up. You want me to go with my okay. worst idea first? I go with my worst yeah. idea first. Go with the worst ideas. Actually, this isn't the worst idea, but this is the one I really haven't thought out as much yet. Um, okay. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. We're in an elevator. We're on okay. the corner of, of Sunset and, and Gower in Hollywood. I'm ready to give yes. you the pitch. Uh, pitch it. Okay, but this one's tough because it's not, it's, not, it's not my best idea yet. But, all right, we talked about pre. We talked about Oregon. We talked about that era, right? Who is the person orchestrating that? Who is the behind-the-scenes figure there? It was Bill Bowerman. And people who've read Bowerman and the Men of Oregon know that dude had an insane life. He was in World War II. Right, he led a led a, a a battalion in World War II. Goes on, gets the waffle iron, becomes this crazy coach. Uh, all this success there. Then later on in his life, has all these crazy things happen to him. He stops a cult from proliferating in Eastern Oregon. Well, they proliferated, but he sort of put an end to the Rajneesh, which is a crazy story. And there was a Netflix special on that too. I see this movie, Gordon as sort of like a, a Coen Brothers, Wes Anderson sort of quirky thing where it's like three chapters in this guy's life uh, that sort of stand alone as like three 30 to 40 minute chunks. I was going to use Tarantino as my director, but then everybody would end up dead. And I, that's not where we're going with this movie. We're staying, we're staying nonfiction here. But I think you could make a Bill Bowerman movie because anybody who's read that book the guy is kind of like Forrest Gump in terms of like how many weird things intersected with his life. I like it. There we go. You buying it? Maybe like a maybe maybe it picks up traction at Sundance or something, and everyone's like, "Ooh, Bowerman, sneaky Oscar pick." Yeah, I think uh, the the acting is going to sell it, and the the director. You need a good actor and a famous mm-hmm. director to sell it. If it's like a a no-name actor and a no-name director, no one's go- it's just going to fall off the wayside. So yeah. you got to save it. You got to save it for those the big guns to, to do that. You're right. do, you, do I run back Donald Sutherland? Do I say, hey, you played this guy and Without Limits in the 1990s, come back and, and do, do the entire thing? I think it could work. I think it could work. Again, it would be a, a lower-budget film, but that was, my, that was my half of an idea. Um, give me your first one. Okay, so I have a bunch. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine. So oh, my pitches gonna be much, my pitches are gonna be much shorter because you know I want to get them all in. Uh, but I'm gonna start with a simple one. I just want a better Oscar Pistorius movie, right? We had one that was yeah. Lifetime, right? That wasn't good. I want like an actual thought out Pistorius movie. Um, 
Yeah, why hasn't that been made? Is it because it's right? Still oh, they did make one. They made a Lifetime in? movie about it, right? Didn't they make? Well, no, but why haven't they? Yeah, but why haven't they made a real one? I mean, I'm guessing it's maybe because it's too, too early too still close. on that too one. Early, yeah. yeah. I definitely thought of that one, but then I, I, I excluded stuff that had already been made. And I knew that they did make an, a, yeah. a Lifetime movie there, but yes, obviously, but like huge tragedy. You make huge tragedy, and you know the controversy with the blades and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's that. That was my, uh, you know, that was my first like one-off. Like, hey, yeah, just redo it, but with a better, better. Not not lifetime style, you know, like actual yes, Hollywood style. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, so I'll go back. I'll go back to back. Actually, I just thought of a tenth one, and I'll save that tenth oh, one no. for later. Uh, here's another one: an origin story of the marathon, like a dramatic version of the first marathon that was run, right? And how like it became the marathon. I don't know really much about it. I know that I was talking to Lincoln on a previous pod, and he was saying, like, <laughs> "You don't how like dare the marathon you. distance." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he was like, how dare you, like, mess with the marathon distance and say the story of the marathon is stupid, which I think it is. But when he told me about it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You run from one to another. You have, like, the king thing and, like, the extra point, too. And just maybe it's, like, the – it's, like, just, like, the entire movie – I don't know how you could do it, but the entire movie is no, him just running that marathon, right? And I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe you – like – 90 minutes is the actual running and then the other 30 minutes is the before and after, right? So, and you make no. crazy things happen. So I like this. And speaking of which, we got an email from Luke. When he heard your comments on the marathon, he wrote in for the explanation. He says, the distance does come from the legendary journey between Marathon and Athens, Greece by Pheidippides being roughly 25 miles. But at the beginning of the modern Olympics in 1896, the distance wasn't required to be exact as long as it was around 25 and then at the 1908 Olympics is set to be at 26 miles, but at the request of the royal family, the extra point two was added, so the finish line would be right in front of the private viewing box. It took a few years after that for 26.2 to catch on as the official distance, but that's where it comes from. I bring this up because you know how old Luke is? He put it in this email. How old is Luke? Luke's 17, so you have the young demographic for your film. I green light <laughs> it because go. of that. Oh, like it. Also, and Luke proves my point that the marathon distance is is bullshit. It's not even based off the story. It's based off of like a random like king saying do it like or queen doing an extra point two and now we're like making a big deal about Kipchoge breaking two for this king made <laughs> length. I don't know. It's stupid. It makes me love it more. It makes me love it more than it just was a tall tale that turned into an actual distance. Uh, okay, so those are your those are your first two. Yeah, and I, I'm starting with my I'm starting with my weakest. Obviously, I got I got some big I got some bangers at the end of this pod that people were like yeah gordon you are you need to be the executive producer of that so i'm saying okay so i'll okay i'll do another one then i'll do another one um this is tough because the way you set this up was like this needs to have a big american audience and i don't know i don't know what the american audience was but just this one would actually blend this one would be very sport centric. It would not be like Moneyball would bring in all this other stuff, or maybe it would, maybe it could stretch and get into this person's bio. But if you just look at somebody whose competition career had a crazy dramatic arc, Hichimel Garouche, stick with me here. Stick with me here. Okay. Best I, what's, what's, okay, go, 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 go. So, so, I mean, best miler in the world, right? 1996, uh, 
falls down in the Olympic 1500 meter final after the race gets called by the King of Morocco to help lift his spirits. He's completely dejected, right? Comes back four years later in Sydney. It's supposed to be the redemption tour. There's this big, huge hullabaloo in between. He's won. He's set world records. He's won world titles. Um, he also does this cool thing where a teammate always makes the final with him. And oftentimes they just use the teammate as a rabbit. Like we always talk about that happening now and it never does. And it actually happened 2000. He gets beat at the line. Right. And he, Oh my gosh, is this guy ever is the best miler ever going to win Olympic gold. And this is back in the era when, you know, the mate, you couldn't really watch like world championships weren't as seen by the general public just because there were fewer ways to watch. I feel like. So you just were like tuning in every four years to watch El Garuz get punched in the stomach and it was demoralizing. And then 04, obviously, uh, outkicks like, like the same race happens, except he turns the tide. He gets passed and then repasses Legat in the home stretch, wins the 1500, goes on to win the 5000. Again, it would be more of a running nerd movie unless you could find something, you know, the motivating factor of Garuz. But talk about, I mean, the weight of the nation being on this guy, all the pressure, all the expectations, failure, failure. I mean, I say failure, but he got silver medal or so it's not that big of a failure, but, and then he finally gets it. Um, I just think in terms of like goats, he had the most, like of the ones I could think of, he had a lot of uh, setbacks that could add drama to the film. That's all. Not going to lie, Kevin. I don't, I don't really like the idea. Uh, okay. cause there's no, we need, we need the drama, right? And all the drama that is, is just drama. like, he lost, he lost twice. Yeah, but- he let down his country. Have you ever let down your country? Here's the thing. To me and you, losing in track and field is dramatic and winning in track and field is dramatic. But to some guy in Oklahoma who has $13 to spend on a weekend, that's not dramatic. You're talking about Dave Smith? Dave Smith Smith lives in Oklahoma and Dave Smith would watch this movie. Why are you talking about Dave Smith like that? Look, we'd have to dig into his background. We'd have to find – there might have been – maybe there's a love story here. I don't know. I just think in terms of Garouge – right? Like it took him two times to get this right. Uh, okay. I'll throw another one at you. Same era. Kathy Freeman. Would you, would you watch the Kathy Freeman movie? What's the drama? I mean, all the oppression growing up as an Aborigine in Australia. And then she has the entire weight of the entire country on her shoulders during, before that forum year final. And then she gets it done in front of everybody. I mean, that would be the last scene. Her life yeah. is, is the whole movie. The reason I say well, Kathy Freeman is Michael Wilbon, ESPN personality, who's no diehard track guy, says that that's the the moment he like that's his most mo- memorable in person sports moment was being at the Sydney Olympics and watching Kathy Freeman win gold, and yeah. he's a Bulls fan, so I just I just think that uh, it's hard for Hollywood to dramatize and like give you you know when you're watching a movie and you get the chills. I think it's hard to give to create a movie where an average person will get the chills of watching someone run a distance, right? Like running 400 meters or 200 meters or whatever. Or eight. like, I just think they like what we said with Bolt, right? Like, it's kind of like, yeah. oh, okay, you, you, they just can't. we need to figure out something beyond. Like to us as track fans, we get the chills. Like we can see Kathy Freeman's achievement, like as an amazing achievement, the same way we look at incredible Olympic performances, world global performances. But we need to focus on the where it, the track isn't the story. 
We need a story to be beyond the track, and that's what I think. We well, that's do. well, that's what that's that's Freeman. Like I said, though, like that's that's Kathy Freeman. That's her story all the way up into the Sydney Olympics. That's just the the last part in it, and all the stuff that she endured, and all the stuff that the the Aboriginal people endured is what gets you there. I yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I guess I'm you being, need conflict. I, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm being yeah. a really harsh critic towards your ideas. So I apologize. Yeah, kind of I'm going to shoot down your next asshole. two. I'm going to shoot down your next two. So pick whichever you want, and I'm not going to approve them. So go ahead. Okay, next two. This came from JoJo, so she helped me out. Mary okay, Decker nice, Slaney. Man. Mary Decker Slaney uh, was really good in high school as a teen. She was there's a lot. It was during the Soviet Union, U.S. tension. She was beating them, the Soviets, and then it ended up she was doping. So that that uh, arc of like this teen dominating, like who is she? She going up against the Russians. And then turns out she, she, she was a yeah she has a she has a positive test. Uh, still litigating that, by the way. I just want to make sure you don't get sued for saying that. Um, yeah, I don't I mean that's a lot of people though. They did a documentary on her on that one of those thirty for thirty offshoots. It was fine. It was fine. I mean, I don't want to kill the idea too much because it was JoJo's idea. I want to wait till you <laughs> put one of your one hundred percent ideas behind. I used JoJo as my shield there. I appreciate I, that was a good move by my part because you can't you can't next you can't dunk on me. Uh, Marion Jones Balco. Again, okay, so there was a doc on it and it wasn't very good. Um, it was way too. Uh, it didn't tell the full story. <sighs> Maybe who would play who would play Marion Jones? I mean, I guess it would have to be beyond just – it wouldn't be about Marion Jones. It would be more about Balco, right? Like – and like Barry Bonds and – you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean I, I feel like people are out on doping stuff, right? Because we've gone so – like once we did Icarus and things like that, like it went so far beyond. And what's the movie out right now on Netflix about all the biogenesis stuff? Oh, man. I can't think of it. There's a whole doc on Netflix about like the South – the guy in South Florida who had the had access to all those uh, is all those anti aging clinics that professional athletes were using. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that story now is so common of like famous person test positive. Um, yeah, that it missed it. It missed its window. I feel like because <coughs> if, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do that, do Lance Armstrong, right? Do Lance yeah, Armstrong. Yeah, that's a good point. Do Lance Armstrong. Lauren, that would be – people would watch a Lance Armstrong biopic of him, like, yeah. lying and, like, how he lied and all that stuff. All right. I did save well, my he... top four for best. So I, I, I went through okay, my, both... uh, my scraps. Okay. I got one more that you're not going to like. Uh, but this would be a fun. It would be lighthearted. It would be a comedy. Uh, I don't really have much of the pitch other than Julius Yego learned to throw javelin by watching on YouTube. And I think that could be funny. That'd be a good like Pixar short style, right? Maybe you turn yeah, it into a Pixar I, short. Like yeah. you, you animate him into like some funny, lovable character from you know yeah. from Kenya, and he and he looks on the internet, and then he learns how to throw a javelin. That'd be fun. I just think that was yeah. I I think I was looking for stories where it was like, wow, what are like things in one sentence that you can say that people would be like, oh, that's cool, and it's like guy learns javelin, guy learns Olympic event on YouTube, and then he goes from there. Do you, do you know who also learned an Olympic event on YouTube? From from Africa? 
I don't. Wasn't question. there a high jumper? Joel Embiid. Oh. He learned how to play basketball on YouTube. Oh, okay. Or did and he basketball watch an Olympic basketball event. on YouTube? Yes. Yes, yes, we said he says he learned how to like shoot. He like learned all of his plays by just watching YouTube clips of NBA players. That was like his I want to say there's a pole vaulter. I want to say there's a pole vaulter in the NCAA or a high jumper in the NCAA who said who was from not in the United States and they learned that way. But anyway, okay, you have four left. I have. Yeah. I have. I have two left. I have <laughs> okay, two left. so I'll, I'll go, go first. I'll go next. Uh, I'm gonna go with this one. We need a biopic of the breaking to journey from like the first time they thought of making the attempt to break two hours in a marathon in a lab with Nike and all that stuff, all the way to the first failed attempt to then, you know, breaking a world record of the real world record and then to actually breaking to Ineos. And basically it's a biopic on Ilya Kachogi, but it's centered around the breaking to moment. You know, and that's like the crescendo. Okay. And I, I think that would be good. I think because I think, like I did say that like people won't get their chills for track events. Mm-hmm. But I do think they would get their chills Walk that for... Back. Walk that back. I'm walking it back. Would get their chills for a marathon because the marathon is more relatable across the country than a 400-meter dash. That's my opinion. And I think, okay. you know, you you could drama, dramatize because there's a lot of like failed attempts and there's a lot of planning mm-hmm. to it. So there's just a lot of, like, when I look at superhero movies, the best superhero movies are, like, the origin story superhero movies where, like, a majority of the yeah. movie is them becoming the superhero. And then the last 20 minutes, they're the superhero. But you're just, like, mm-hmm. seeing how they became it. And in this, yeah. you know, the entire movie is how he, like, all the like, the tests and the the trinkets and the planning and the failed plans and all this stuff and the 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 teams and like the people who the, you know, the times when we got hurt and all that stuff mm-hmm. will be the majority of the movie. And then the last 20 minutes will be the actual two hour attempt, you know? So that's what I think would be a great movie biopic. And we were talking offline. Ilya Kipchoge will be played by Don Cheadle because even though Don Cheadle's 50, he looks like Iliad because Iliad looks 50. <laughs> okay. I green light the movie. Uh, first of all, Second of all, I'd worry if it comes out too close to Shoe King, Miles, Millimeters, and Mayhem, if there's some sort of confusion about it. Here's how I see it playing out. I like the idea. I think you'd need to create a composite character who works in shoe technology. So unless there really is some character who's been working in shoe technology the entire time Kipchoge is running – and what I would do is for the first part of the movie, there'd be this parallel track, right? It's Iliud in Kenya going through his running career. And meanwhile, back in Portland, a guy in, la- in, in the lab doing all these crazy, weird, mad scientist type tests, right? And eventually those two meet and it's a combination. Um, and, it's a, and it's a story about contrasts, but it's also, uh, again, about two of the top in their field combining together to create something great. Now, does that person exist? No, but li- uh, movies make composite characters all the time, and I think who that would be the, kind of interesting. Who played the composite pl- nerdy lab Nike guy whose life work is to figure this out? That is going parallel with Kachogi's career, who then they meet up at the end to make it work, make it happen. Would you Michael go with Sarah. like a serious Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah. I was thinking like Charlie Day. 
I mean, they have, so, so this person in this composite character was a runner themselves and they had some epic flame out, right? And then they've okay, just so been completely can... driven. Yeah. Well, both those guys look like runners though, so they both would work. Yeah. So. Michael Sarah kind of can go back to the Juno days when he was a runner. Yeah. Remember Juno? Yeah. When he was running with the headband. Yeah, but I, I do agree. I called that for a long time. So <laughs> <laughs> you do need you do need that parallel aspect of like. Meanwhile, here, like, because Kachogi's like just he just naturally likes the running and it's all pure and he's just like eating and like living the runner's yep. life. And the other guy who's trying to manufacture it in a lab after failing, and then he needs his specimen, and his specimen is Kachogi. You know, so well, I, I think it would be a good also. Movie. It would all it would be shades of Moneyball, like you mentioned yeah, earlier, right? Exactly. Because the the scientist is trying to do things that conventional wisdom can't be done. So there's a whole bunch of scenes where he's asking for more, more funding and he's presenting to people and they're like sub two and they like laugh them off and he's like no I just need I just need the right guy and that and it would make this whole endeavor noble and a lot of people don't see it that way. So I think you could get uh, you could get maybe some people to change their mind about what's uh, what happened here but i would watch it i would watch it because watch it. it's not yeah it's not just a story about running right it's a story about like the technological advances that that come along with it about human limits there's a lot of directions you can go with it so exactly green light green light that's your best idea i don't think you're going to come up with a better one no offense i know my best idea is what i'm saving for last uh because it's going to happen and i'm i already have the cast played out like i'm just waiting for it to happen uh, should I go one more? Because you have two left and I have three. So I'll go one more. Uh, running with yeah. the Buffaloes. Running with the Buffaloes, drama, dramatization. Take that story, that book, and recreate it with the characters. Boom. Yeah. The plot's already written for you. Well, do you, know what other, do you know what other distance running movie already has a plot sketched out? Or distance running story? What? what? Running with the boys. That's a good point. Miles, Millimeters, and Mayhem with Mike Smith. Um, Look, obviously there's the – there's a tragedy in the Running with the Buffaloes story, which takes it beyond just a typical chronicling of of an average season. Um, I think though for like – and and this is – I think this is the first pitch we brought up that has to do with a team, right? Like actually has to do with a team. I mean, what team stuff works best? Isn't it always like the band of misfits or the band of oddballs coming together? Like, I think, uh, I mean, I was joking, of course, about NAU, but you look at their team this past year, they had people from a lot of different parts of the world, a lot of different walks of life, a lot of different personalities. Um, I think that could, that sort of team could work. Um, Obviously, McFarland, there was a whole fish out of water element to it. Um, on both sides, right? Both the coach and the athletes. Athletes doing, they're competing in a sport that they hadn't competed in, and and the coach was was new to that area, and that culture. So, yeah, I mean, I I feel like this is a can the can film festival movie. Maybe it's there at the same time as my Bowerman movie. Not maybe this. I'm not sure if this is interrupting one of your two ideas left, but in the essence of cross country. In a way, would it make sense to kind of maybe tell a story from BYU's perspective and have them have the multiple failure? Like, well, NAU is like 
Iceland and Mighty Ducks, right? The guys who just keep winning, right? <laughs> Mike Smith is the Iceland coach. And then yeah. he just keeps winning. And BYU, like, they think, oh, this is the time we beat them. And then they don't, you know, then they have another year of failure. And then they have the year, three, three straight years of not beating them. And then the fourth year, they're like, yeah, it's not going to happen. No one thinks it. And then they, they pull off the upset. So maybe like a Muddy yeah. Duck style, uh, but from the BYU perspective of the past four years, that ends with them beating the, the, you know, the conglomerate of NAU. You know, and NAU is kind of like the Iceland team, if you think about it. You know, they were all black, right? Like Mike Smith is just like <laughs> looking very stoic. I, yeah, if you look up a picture of the Iceland coach and Mike Smith, I'm going to look this up. Uh-oh. He's Googling. What's he going to discover this time? Iceland, Mike Smith, coach. Last yeah, time dude. he Googled I mean, he got they're his hair slicked like, back, doesn't he? The hair is slicked back, so there is a little bit of a a difference there because Mike doesn't have that. But I mean, you just look at the yeah, man. They, they look, I'm gonna I, I, <laughs> do some. I should do some screenshot sharing and be like, there's a little bit of a, a similarity there. But, Let me just say like, this. You know, in terms of like sports movies, in terms of major interest in them, if Rocky or a body is a 10, right? Well, we know people will go and they'll pay money to see Rocky or a boxing movie. Then going to see a Kipchoge Breaking 2 marathon might be movie might be like a 7. I think selling people on cross country would be close to a 2. Just the reality. <laughs> now, I would again I would go see it. I would go see it. But I don't know. I think if you're saying people wouldn't attach on to El Garouge, I, I, I don't think it would be tough to get that one made as well, too. How many do you have left? Two? I got two left, but go. What's your okay. uh, what's one of okay. yours? Uh, I mean, this one's pretty simple. Caster Semenya. I think that movie's going to get made at some point with her. I don't think you need to do too much other than just to tell her story. Um, obviously, a ton of ups and downs, right? There's courtroom battles. There's drama. There's conflict from every single angle. So... That movie's going to be at some point. How, how does the movie end? Well, I think it ends with her running, qualifying in the 200 and running at the 2022 Olympics or 2021 Olympics. When are the Olympics? Who knows? The Olympics, whenever they happen. Uh, yeah, but it's one of those things where it doesn't, It it's not, it's not a happy ending from her perspective. And if yeah. you're making the movie, I'm guessing you're going to sympathize with the main character throughout the movie. Um, but there, there's a lot there. I'm guessing they would make it. It's just, a, they are going to make it, I guess. It's just a matter of when. So that's my pick. Okay. My second so, best idea, which I kind of feel bad because I sent some of my ideas to you earlier, so you couldn't pick them as ideas, but. Well, mine are better. So my Semenya thing just grossed $12 million or 12 billion. I don't know how much a lot is for a movie to make these days. 12 million a lot. The title of this the title of this movie will be called Gray Area. Oh, uh, yes. Salazar, and it's a Salazar biopic. And it's just called Gray Area. And the thing about Salazar is you could approach a dramatic storyline him from multiple angles and also multiple, like, segments, right? You could look at Salazar from, like, the, you know, his Boston Marathon, like, almost dying, you know, situation, mm-hmm. like, like his college times. He has a lot of, like, interesting juice 
to like becoming a coach. Uh, so you could just focus right. on that. You could focus on the perspective of the cheating, right? The, you know, the alleged cheating, I guess we say, I guess it's not alleged anymore. He's serving time. Uh, but, but like uh, from like the, his whole master plan of how he got away with what he tried to get away with. Mm-hmm. And then he also could take it from a perspective of like a Mary Kane story, right? Where you can kind of look at it from like, the way he was like where Mary Kane is the main figure and Salazar is the antagonist to Mary Kane, you know, yeah. so like there's different angles. Basically Salazar has a very controversial, dramatic, uh, life and he's impacted a lot of different people. And I think you could create a very good movie based off of the secrets of what he's done. Thoughts. Yeah, touches touch it. Well, no, uh, I'll greenlight that one. So I think I've greenlit three of your films so far. Uh, some of them need a little more work. Sorry about JoJo's idea. <laughs> Don't tell her I said <laughs> that. It touches on a th- uh, things that a lot of people are are interested. Right? There's the idea and controversy of what what the line is in it, when it, when it comes to um, anti doping. Right. There's the element of like the overbearing coach and the role of um, your coach in young athletes development, particularly female athlete development. There's the star runner who turns into a, a coach. There's the science and technology element. I was talking to Lincoln. You probably didn't hear this because you weren't on the pod, but Lincoln and I were talking about, was it yesterday? No, two days ago. We were talking about Salazar for some reason or another. And I said, People really are interested in NOP stories and Salazar stories um, because they remember him as like our parents' generation remember him as a runner, right? They remember him winning races and being this famous American runner at a time when um, I don't want to say running was more popular than it is right now, but certainly there were these fixtures uh, of American running. So his his news about him gets covered in a way that I don't, and it, part of it is, yes, he works for the largest shoe company in the world, but I feel like if you took him out and swapped another coach in there and the accusations were the same, the amount of coverage would be different. I'm not saying the punishment would be, would be changed one way or the other. I'm not sure about that, but at least the coverage of him would be different. So people already kind of go in knowing about him. I wonder though, just from a pure Hollywood perspective, has the fall been big enough? The fall, I mean, you could you the could fall from grace. Li- you could lie about it, right? I mean, you could just say well, like, if it's a you, you could you could say the four year ban is is the fall, right? And that's like the sure. You know, but you I'm can for us that's a huge deal. But in other sports, yeah. right? Someone getting suspended for four years, just other comp- like in sports, regardless of what the what the reason is, right? Like a, a Tiger Woods type situation, right? Or something even much more serious than that. P- people are used to these really crazy, dramatic falls from grace. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not big enough, I guess, the fall. But you could say the fall is like you, you, he loses all of his athletes. He, you know, yeah. he can't coach his – can't Galen Rupp anymore, like the person who he's started coaching at 16. Like – he just is like the entire his entire life work has been stripped away from him, right? Do you so remember that movie? And 
I'm not I'm not comparing Salazar to this character, but do you remember the movie? I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, J.K. Simmons was the music instructor, the very hard charging oh. and a yeah yeah Whiplash. Yeah, um, I bring that up. I mean, obviously because he was in essence a coach, right, of music. But just like the way that that was shot, and also J.K. Simmons it, would play Alberto. This is perfect. Well, just the way that that was shot, right, and the style that. Like, does this film that you propose fit into a general, like a generic Hollywood, remember the Titans sort of Rudy sort of arc? No, but I think nowadays with movies, people take a lot more liberties in how they portray stories. So I think it could work. Um, I mean, I think you could like, yeah, it could be a whiplash where, you know, you could have like, there's, it's all centered around like maybe like a one of the, like, the fail, like, not failed athlete, but, like, Galen never really had any failure under Alberto, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. work, but you need maybe someone where, like, it didn't work under Alberto, and it's, right, right. you know, so maybe, but I do think, like, a Whiplash-style movie where it's kind of, like, but you just have to, like, in the end, though, like, the Whiplash movie, though, the the, the music teacher, as much of an asshole as he was, turned out to be like a good teacher because he pushed you know the that's what i'm saying it wasn't in, a, in any way analog yeah 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 yeah, yeah the, he pushed the drummer character to you know be his best so um yeah sounds just gonna be interesting because you i think it's you have to just pick the right angle and really lean in on it and i think salazar mm-hmm. has a lot of angles for you to go at and i think you could find one and i think calling it gray area would be great <laughs> You already have the title, which is big, because elevator rides aren't very long. So if you can get the title out in that elevator pitch, then you're good to go. You have one left, right? I have 1.5. Yes. I give um, you your my, .5. My point five is just this whole idea around people who cheat in marathons and the whole marathon uh, investigation guy, the guy who's in his uh, on his laptop like looking at screenshots and stuff. And there was a very tragic story associated that with one person who um, he wrote about ended up uh, committing suicide in Los Angeles. This would obviously be be a very dark movie, but I mean, people are the marathon just has a captivating factor for people, so I think that could be one. But my final one, my final one, my best one. And if you don't green like this, then Gordon, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll take my business across the street. Have I greenlighted any of your movies yet? I don't think I have. I mean, you didn't greenlight uh, Semenya? I guess I greenlight. Yeah. Okay. I'm greenlight some. Yeah. Yeah. I greenlight Semenya. You and you and you put uh, Julius Yego Javelin as a, a fun Pixar short. So that's fine. Yeah. You just didn't like. And I think Bowerman. I think Bowerman could work. Uh, it would be low budget, but I think Bowerman could work. I get you don't want to do El Garouge. That's fine. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Uh, I had an Alan Webb idea that didn't. But I, I'm not even going to pitch you the Alan Webb idea. But I am going to pitch you Meb winning Boston as an idea, because there's obviously been documentaries and 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 films about the the bombing. This was a year later, right? But this is also this is also a way to introduce Meb's story which is crazy with his family. Right. Um, and it, and it also tells the story of the tragedy, but Meb's Meb's win was like as close to a 
storybook sports film like cliche ending that you can possibly think of and it really happened so i think that one would be that's a fairly easy thumbs up on that i like it okay good because otherwise we were going to have to break up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean who would play meb what does meb who does what does meb look like who does meb look like Maybe he plays himself. Maybe he gets into acting later on in his life and he just says, you know what? Dang it. I'm going to do it myself. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. I'm trying to figure That's out. That's a really good question. Act, uh, look, sometimes when you type in a person and you just write the word looks like, someone had already like tweeted out a tweet. So oh, this person <laughs> looks like this. Um, yeah. Well, who would be, that- be, be the character? Remember the whole story of like how was it Ryan? Was it Ryan Hall who helped Meb yeah. win? Who would play yeah. that? Like, do you think that would be like a master like plan? Like, they'll try to dramatize that moment of Ryan Hall like yeah. helping out, push the pace, or change the pace. Yeah, right. Yeah, like Meb takes off, and then Ryan Gosling tells the pack guys, "It's not our day. He's doing it for America," or something like that. <laughs> there's a version of this that's very good and then there's a version of this that's very cheesy and i hope when yeah. it is eventually made because they consult with us that it is the very good version so you, you you hope it's not a disney channel original movie version you want it to be no because i remember i mean because i, I want them to explore the the tragedy of it too in a very honest way too like i want them to go back yeah. and, and dig into that stuff and i think they could and i want them to go into like meb's um, I mean, someone tweeted this at the time, but it was like um, just the symmetry of who perpetrated the attack, uh, their relationship to this country versus Meb, who didn't, who came to this country as an immigrant as well, and him winning this race. Like, there's really deep, rich themes, none of which I've, I'm the first person to, to to highlight, but I think that you could really, really focus on. But I do, yeah, Gosling is Ryan Hall. I feel like. I like that. Gosling's good. Ryan Hall. Yeah. I think because they just have the same first name, so we just assume they look alike. <laughs> That's the first person I jumped in. Also, like, we know Ryan Hall couldn't play himself anymore because he's too buff. So yeah. we, we would need an actor in there to do it. And um, I don't know who's like, who's thin enough in Hollywood. I feel like all those guys are, and, and who's, they're all short. They're all kind of short and like, yeah, built. I don't, know. Yes. I don't know that many like new actors. I don't know that many up and coming actors. I just know the old the old guard. You're not known. Brad you don't Pitt. have good. <laughs> Brad Pitt can play anyone. Yeah. So uh, will Brad Pitt be a Bowerman? Could be he be Bowerman? Oh, maybe like movie? early Bill. Yeah. Brad Pitt's in his fifties, which was surprising to me to find out. Um, he doesn't look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the Moneyball connection for you there too, right? Let's just there you keep, go. Exactly. Keep keep Brad. Grab bad pit and everything. All right, ready for your last idea here. Okay, so this is the best idea. This movie I really hope gets made, and if it does get made and they do it this way, it will win Oscars like across the board. So the character <laughs> that we're playing is none other than Susie Favor Hamilton, who obviously has a very interesting story of what mm-hmm. happened with her, uh, not just on the track but off the track. Uh, she wrote a memoir back in 2015 called Fast Girl, A Life Spent Running from Madness. So basically it'll be based on that book. She needs to sell those book, book that book rights to the move, to movie rights. Mm-hmm. Susie Favorite Hamilton 
will be directed by Craig Gillespie, written by Steven Rogers. That duo is the same duo that directed and wrote the Tanya Harding biopic, I, Tanya. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Good movie. So it'll be shot, written, and directed in that style. Maybe not exactly, because you don't want to make a copy and paste. But with those artistic minds, the lead character will be played by Margot Robbie. Tanya Harding. favorite Hamilton. Shoot the same woman who played Tanya Harding who play they look alike. Susie Favor Hamilton mm-hmm. looks like Margot Robbie. I mean, they don't look alike, but like, you know, blonde woman, attractive, right? <laughs> what, and, uh, blonde woman. I mean, what other qualifications what what other ways does someone like, look different? I feel like Margot Robbie could could, you know, work up a Wisconsin ask accent and she's a good like, actress. She's a really good actress. She's a great actress. And I think the story of you know, you know her escort and the it being discovered and her, you know, denying it. This, that, another thing. And this whole world, right, can all be put together in a really good hundred-minute movie. Like I just think the you know the fake falling in you know oh yeah yeah the, yeah the, yeah you know the fake fall and then obviously obviously the 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 report when it got revealed that she was doing this whole thing. And now where she is now, now she's kind of like leaning into it and be like, this is who I am. And the whole bipolar yeah. uh, aspect of it that she has talked about. So I just think there's so much that you can really yeah. lean in. And I do think Susie has been on record saying like, she's not ready for there to be a movie about her, but yeah, I just think, you know, they, I mean, Craig Gillespie, and Margot Robbie just need to go up to her and be like, hey, you see this movie, I, Tanya? How awesome was it? Let's do it for you. Let's make this happen. Here's $10 million and the rest is history. And then in 2024, we have, you know, I'm not sure, maybe call it Susie's Favors or I don't know. You can maybe just call it Fast Girl. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, but. don't do that. Don't do that first title. Do not, definitely do not do that first title. Uh yeah, the once the book was written, I figured that there was going to eventually be a movie. It also reminds me of, and I'm not just bringing that up, up just because it's a, a, an athlete too and a woman as well, but it's just one of the most recent things I've seen, and I don't watch a ton of movies or TV, so it stood out. Have you seen Molly's Game? Yes. Okay, so the conceit of that story is Molly Bloom uh, is a elite skier right? Has a chance to go to the Olympics. Um, is it the, what I assume is their national championships or Olympic trials. It starts off with that. Um, she doesn't make the team moves to LA and starts working in managing high stakes, extremely high stakes poker games involving, um, millionaire actors and athletes and rich people all over the world, uh, and eventually gets her into trouble. So I just I could see some sort of parallel there, and a lot of the stuff of that movie, and I don't know how true it is. I didn't re- read the book, but like she applies <laughs> the same sort of she applies the same sort of hard charging attitude that she had as an athlete to this to this like way of life, right? The athlete part of it drove this this way, like dr- drove her in that direction. Um, so I could see something similar, and that was directed by Aaron Sorkin, 
Um, it wasn't a typical yeah. Sorkin thing. They, they didn't talk a mile a minute, which really kind of bummed me out. I like the Sorkin movies where they're walking the entire time and talking and handing files and stuff to each other and talking about depositions and this and that. Um, but I, but I, I like, I could see it taken from that angle too, right? Of all these flashbacks yeah. and like she, she's narrating it, right? And she's saying, oh, and then I made this decision and then this happened and sort of giving us a, an insight into like how these decisions into into her early life led to what happened later. I'll admit I did not read the book, so I, I mean, I, I read the initial news report, so I don't know like the full story there, but I could see it being taken in that direction as well too, as Molly's game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just think that it's a great um, movie plot line, right? It's just it's made for movie. It's made for a Hollywood uh, de- de- mm. depiction, right? And yeah. I, I just, I just, I just really think Margot Robbie would be a great Susie Favor Hamilton. And I'm just gonna yeah. go to my grave until that happens. You know, yeah. that's what I want. Do you feel Do you feel stronger about that, or that Chez should have won a Bowerman? Ooh. I don't know, man. Chess definitely should have won that Bowerman. I mean, how would you? Let's come on. How would you, I'm sorry, how would but you, Jerry Lawson ran like ten twelve and was considered uh, the equivalent of a Jesse Owens. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's not true. It's not true. Okay, so let's Chez summarize. Let's summarize. What if we? So we the the Susie Favor Hamilton, Caster Semenya, Meb in Boston, Kipchoge breaking two. Are those the running? Are up. those the gray area? Salazar. What? Okay, so that's five. So I feel good about five. What about the first marathon? That could be good. I think that could be actually pretty good. Uh, just call it marathon. It has like a? Is there already a movie called Marathon? Can you type that in an IMDb? Because that would have. Yeah, that would yeah, be a cool title, though. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, like, we said like Mary Jude Jones Law would be in it. Yeah, Mary Jones. <laughs> right, I feel like Jude Law would be in it. Uh, yeah, Marion Jones is a no. El Garouge, sorry. Uh, Mary Webb, Decker Slaney. Mary Decker Slaney. Slaney. No. Yeah. The no, story has like already that. been done. Yeah, I don't think that. I didn't think that was part of the rules in this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wave the flag and say that doesn't count. You didn't like El Garouge. Bowerman didn't have enough for this year's funding. Julius Diego just a short. So those five though, that's a strong five. You got a coach story. Five. Yeah. Um, you got some that are heavy into running and then some that are he- heavy into others. St- I mean, they all have other stuff going on, but I got to admit, I think I like the Kipchoge, th- like just from a running nerd perspective. Cause I like the, I like the, the idea. Money ball of, aspect. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm, I love like, I love movies where they make mundane things like they try to make mundane things entertaining. Um, like when they're looking like, I really like spotlight, even though a lot of that's just yeah. like journalists, like looking up information uh, or the one on what's the one on Amazon prime with Adam driver, the report. Is that it? Yeah. Report. And he's just like, it's like two hours of him, like literally sitting in a room by himself, looking up uh, classified documents in some, uh, in some, drab office uh even money like a lot of people didn't like moneyball because they're like there's no baseball in it and i was like that's exactly why it was such a great movie like wasn't much baseball in it no disrespect to baseball but that's why it was good right is that why you're gonna love when they make a sam hankey biopic called the process yeah that's gonna be good that's gonna be a good movie yeah like when he gets exiled and 
when I was young, when I was young, younger, I obviously liked the movies where there was a lot of sports in it because I just wanted to watch sports. But then you get older and you're like, wait a minute. If you want to watch sports, watch an actual game. That's where there's cool sports. Like you, you watch the movie for the other stuff and the other ways to, to explain it. Like, um, even like movie, like without limits, obviously, like I mentioned, did the sports element really good, but you remember the other stuff too. Friday Night Lights, the TV show and the movie did the sports really well, but you remember the other stuff that goes along with it as well too. So, um, yeah, like the, the really weird kind of mundane putting things together or, or I'm with you. I, I love the origin story. Like, how did it come to be? Like, my favorite parts of movies, like, are, like, the beginnings of movies. Like, I like the open. Yeah, exactly. If if it's, like, a dumb buddy comedy where I know it's going to happen, like, the best part is the, the open. Because that's, like, where all the creativity comes in. And then everything else is just sort of you're filling in gaps and it's the same in every single movie. But, like, the beginning is the yeah. best part. So if you had a movie full of beginning, like, it's only beginning, that's my movie. <laughs> Just a bunch of beginnings. Like it's just it's like it's like ten ten minute beginnings, you know, boom. Yeah. Boom. It's yeah. like what's the best part of the Oreo? The cream. I just want the cream. Yeah. What what if I just got all of those? Oh. Uh so if people have other movie ideas, pitch it to us in five sentences or less, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Gordon and I will review them next week because we'll be on again on Monday or Tuesday. You have a 33% we have to send chance. some emails. We have to we start do. responding we do. to some of these emails. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I read the one today from uh, from Luke, and uh, we'll get to some other ones as we go. We read the one yesterday or two days ago, Lincoln and I did, from uh, the three sisters in Provo who did not like your, your Ed Eyestone blasphemy. So we defended <laughs> you. We defended you. We said, look, Gordon, Gordon's a big fan of uh, – of Ed Eyestone. He just was, was being honest. He didn't want to quarantine with him. And maybe that's a, that's actually, if you know both those people and I, and I know, I know Gordon very well. I know Ed Eyestone a little bit, been on him a little bit. That's actually a compliment to Ed Eyestone. If Gordon doesn't want to quarantine with you. So there you go. That's how it works. No. Yes. It's all, it's all in good fun there, but flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. We are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, etc. You can watch the video on the site. The whole thing's there. Uh, do you want to plug anything that's going on on the site this week, Gordon? Uh, watch FlowTrack 24-7, baby. All of our content. Mm -hmm. Just streaming. So if you need yeah. something to watch, we decide for you. We're just constantly streaming. So check it out. Do you know what I discovered yesterday? I tuned into FlowTrack 24-7, which has yeah. all the films. And boom, what do I see? Ali Oshander playing basketball. Because I had never seen that film before, and their her coach is calling her Peanut, and she's playing <laughs> in a high school basketball game because she played high school basketball, and I never would have known that if I didn't tune in. So think about what there you, you all could learn. Yeah. Exactly. All right. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. That's it. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks to Alon for producing. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.